Welcome. It is time for a new episode of the Rebel Radio Podcast. And um, yeah, man, we are here prepping for um, the great Texas winter of 2024 in just a few days. Our whole two or three days of winter we'll get. Mm -hmm. And um, all in one big swish, and then it's over. It's usually pretty much. Then it'll be um, springtime. The birds will start chirping. <laughs> mm-hmm. But man, it's it's just like I um, woke up this morning for work, and you know, I put the news on, and uh, it's just like, man, they 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 play it up so much. You know, it's like trying to sell it to people, like, oh, you know, because because of the ice storm we had a couple of years ago, I guess they uh, want to uh, oversell it to people, and I'm just like, it's just yeah, a little freak freeze. Out. Yeah. yeah, it's not that big a deal. It's like. The ice storm we had the other day was once in who knows how long, you know. It yeah, they 58 never years, 58 years since the last time Houston had an ice storm like that, you mm-hmm. know. So, yeah, but you know, we'll get our little bit of winter over and then we'll be back in our shorts and t shirts. Yeah, be back to normal. That's right. And, uh, you know, but it's okay. And, uh, I just, man, I don't know. I just feel like January is such a, um, a, a droll of a month, man. You know, you get through Christmas and the holidays, you enjoy it. Then you get into January and it's like, other than maybe football playoffs, there's nothing fucking going on. You know, it's just like, I mean, there's not even anything at the theaters. I mean, no. it's just like, it sucks. January, I mean, other than people that have birthdays in January, that's cool. Like our, our teammate Long, his birthday's coming up in about 10, 11 days or so. Yeah. And, uh, and, and your, your wife's birthday. But, uh, but you know, it's it's just other than that, January, January just sucks, man. If you're born in January, I'm sorry. You're born in a boring <laughs> you're born in a boring month. It's a boring month. You can tell Jackie that. Yeah. She's you've got, born in a boring you've got New month. Year's New Year's Eve into New Year's Day, and that's it. And that's it. That's it, that's it, it man. man. The rest of it's just like, what the fuck ever, man. It's like let's just then yeah, February's not much better. No, you're wrong. But, you know, it's like uh, you know, first two months of the year are just like yeah. But then in March, things start picking up. You get spring break and you start getting some movies. Like I'm super excited. They moved up Godzilla Kong, the new empire up two weeks to March 29th. Yeah. Um, that's going to be nice. And, uh, so that's going to be sweet. We have the 22nd Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters frozen empire. The next week, Godzilla Kong, the new empire. So we get some empire business here two weeks in a row in March. So that'd be cool. So a couple of back-to-back uh, franchises looking forward to seeing. Yeah. Cause, uh, cause right now it's like, there's nothing. I mean, my kids even want to go see Aquaman. They're like, ah, we, we're, we're done with the DC. We can wait for it on Max. I'm like, oh, okay, so I guess I'll save money until Ghostbusters and Godzilla comes out. Wow. Yeah, Jackie, she saw uh, Lost Kingdom in theaters um, just because she likes Jason Momoa. Uh, so she went with her as a friend. Yeah, I know, I mean, right? I'm pretty sure he makes <laughs> he makes most women moist, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure, man. You know, he <laughs> he warms them up. They come right home, baby. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, um, she didn't say whether it was good or bad. Uh, so I guess it was it was at least it's entertaining. Yeah, you know, right. something something to see. You know, yeah. Uh, but I that mean, isn't that Jason Statham movie coming out? That John Wick wannabe movie, basically, the Beekeeper. I, I guess. I mean, he plays the same character in every fucking movie. Yeah, I mean, even yeah, even I the film, like, even as Guy Ritchie films, he's the same guy. Ever since uh, John Wick came out, there there are these clones. It's it's had this diehard effect on studios where they just want to clone it oh, yeah. somehow. 
you had nobody come out. And then this Aaron Eckert movie came out, the bricklayer, uh, <laughs> you know, where he's, he's like, I lay bricks and then no, nobody, I'm just nobody, but I'm not, you know, I'm a bricklayer, but I'm not. And then now you've got this Jason Statham movie. It's like, I'm Jason Statham. I'm a beekeeper, but I'm not. I'm actually a highly intelligent military trained personnel <laughs> underneath my shaved head is the ability to kill effectively. You know, that's, that's it. I suppose. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What happened to Aaron Eckhart, man? He goes from being Harvey and Two-Face to doing like B movies, man. It's, it's weird. It's like he pissed somebody yeah. off in Hollywood or something. I don't know. I just think yeah. He strange. did the, uh, the thank you for smoking. Was that before? That was even way before the darn night. Yeah. Yeah. What's he done since then? That's a good yeah, question. That's what I'm saying. He did I Frankenstein. It ruined his career. Oh, yeah. Maybe so. That, that could have been it. You know, sometimes, uh, you know, you can't go after the greats. Uh, you know, we had the great Mary, Sherry, Mary Shelley's, sorry, Frankenstein with uh, De Niro as uh, Frankenstein's monster. And uh, and that was that was probably the best Frankenstein movie we've got as of recent. You know, the classic, you know, you can argue the classic might be better. Universal movie. Wait, did you just say I Frankenstein is the best Frankenstein movie you've got? Lately? No, no, did no, you no. Watch that. I was like, no, 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 no. I was saying, you know, it, it's you know, sometimes it's it's not good trying to, you know, redo something like, you know, we got Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. And I felt like that's maybe our best mm. recent you know, Frankenstein movie. And that was what, 25 years ago, 30 years. Yeah. Probably yeah, like 25 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. De Niro, Robert De Niro was but, Frankenstein. Uh, yeah. It's just weird though. What sometimes happens to actors that are seem like they're the next big thing. And the next thing you know, they're making um, B movies, you know, sometimes you know why they did it. Like Nicholas Cage had to pay back the uh, IRS, you know, or what's oh, yeah. or somebody. But, mm -hmm. but then sometimes you're like, man, why are they doing these things? I mean, John, like John Travolta, man, here's a guy who was biggest comeback ever, man, with Pulp Fiction and all the movies he did in the 90s. And the next thing you know, he's B-Movie Central and and Capital One commercials where he plays a freaky, weird Santa Claus. Yeah, a disco Santa. Yeah. It's, you know, that's it's really, what happens, really strange. Man. He looks like a John Lesson Santa in that commercial. I can't <laughs> help it. He does look kind of weird. <laughs> it's, it's freaky, man. It's like, no. Like Kurt Russell pulled off Santa, whenever in Christmas Chronicles, but but uh, John Travolta is like not nah, it. Nah, nah, nah. The tight outfit looks like he's gonna pop his willy out and say surprise to some weird unsuspecting woman or something. Yeah. He's about to pop out of that Santa suit too, man. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if he wore a oh, fat suit under there. If he's just popping out. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, man. It, it was weird, but um, but anyway, you know who he kind of <laughs> looks like. Kind of looks like Nick Cage in that commercial, you know? Oh, really? Hmm. Yeah. Right. Did he take his face off? Yeah, he took his face off. I want to take off. his face. <laughs> greatest, second, one of the two greatest movies, action movies in the nineties. Can I get a light? Of, and Nicholas Cage was in both of them. Yeah. Yeah. The way it works. Yeah, man. Put the bunny down. That's a, such a great movie, and it's so quotable. I, I feel like uh, that movie gets quoted at my job 
uh, once a month at least, where we talk about Buscemi and uh, John Malkovich. <laughs> Man, I'm telling you, they have a remake Con Air. I'm writing. Can't do it, man. There's, there's just no way uh, you can remake Con Air. Um, it's there's some movies that they just, uh, man, they just no. You can't clone it. You can't clone stuff. Certain things you, you've tried. They tried with Total Recall. They tried with Frankenstein. We just talked about that. Well, that's uh, a little and, bit different. That's a public you know, domain item. The book. So yeah, you know, but so uh, studios try their hand in it. But yeah. Just like I really, yeah, you know, I'm glad the the talk about Dwayne the Rock Johnson remaking Big Trouble in Little China is kind of quieted because it's just surely the Rock understands it's just a movie you don't do. No, and I, I don't think don't. if if they do it, he's not the one to do it. No, no, no. You don't. You just you just don't do it. If you if you make a legacy sequel, you bring. I mean, you bring back Kurt Russell and you introduce his son into it and let Wyatt Russell play him. That's mm-hmm. simple. Easy. I learned that from. From watching Monarch. <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of, man, you know, Monarch, um, it's down to one episode, which by the time people hear this, the final episode will be out. Um, no word if there's a season two yet, but, uh, you know, I'm all caught up. I'm through episode nine, so I'm looking forward to the finale tomorrow. Um, and, uh, man, it's I, it's been a fun ride. You know, I mean, yeah, people can complain. It's a little more monsters and Godzilla in it, but there's to me, it's just enough. That's not what it's about. It's about the people and, and the and the what monarch is and i'm telling you man it it really makes you understand the company that monarch is a little bit more behind the monsterverse movies by watching yeah. this it so it delves in their past and i don't know if you were able to get caught up on any more episodes in the since last week but uh i was not slacker yeah you, 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 i never I mean where are you at on babylon five shit i'm still at still partially through season three Fucking epic failing, man. But uh, mm-hmm. have to find me a new podcast co-host. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, uh, Throw him out. He's no good anymore. Monarch is a, is good shit, man. Um, you know, Apple TV is. A, I'm I'm not going to keep Apple TV once my three month trial is over. But uh, I'll keep it long enough to finish Monarch and uh, and uh, maybe I'll watch Scorsese's Killers of Flower Moon. That I think goes on there on the twelfth as well. I might watch that. But uh, oh, that's going to be neat. But uh, other four now, hour film, huh? Well, that's why you watch it at home, and you can watch it in forty five minute increments and yep. take pee pee breaks and stuff. Pee pee um, break, yeah, exactly. Uh, so you know, I am. Um, so yeah, I wa- I've watched. Uh, I'm all caught up on Monarch, and I've still been on this Godzilla kick lately, man. I uh, I uh, watched. What did I watch the other day? I don't think I finished. I started and watch him in order. You know, I'm still watching him in order. So, and I started Son of Godzilla, but I didn't. Oh, I remember I watched uh, the one before that, uh, Eberaya, the Monster of the Deep, also known as Godzilla versus the Sea Monster, mm-hmm. and um, that was pretty cool. I actually liked parts of that one. I, I might have mentioned that last week on the show where Godzilla's t- bobs his nose and stuff. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. All these things fade together sometimes, but um, but interestingly enough, I have played some games this week. I um I bought this game on the PlayStation called the uh, Trek to Yomi, it's um it's a side scrolling samurai game, um, okay. All in black and white. It's all atmosphere. It's just a little arcade style game. It's not like a big fancy nine ten hour game. It takes like five hours to play through it. So I'm probably probably at about the three hour mark right now. So I'm probably don't have a whole lot left to go. But man, I like it a lot, man. It's real simple. You just go through your your. It literally 
<coughs> unfolds from screen to screen in different environments. It's like playing a living diorama. And the the and you're just it's a basic story where you're avenging your sensei's death and trying to save the woman you love. But um, but it's but I like it a lot, man. I uh, it's a fun, fun game. And uh, and if you want cool samurai action, it's definitely inspired by the Kurosawa films and things like that. It, it's really cool. It was like eight bucks in the PlayStation store, and I watched a little trailer and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna check this out. Not bad. For eight dollars, I'm definitely getting my money's worth. Yeah, um man. And it's fun. I highly recommend it if you're into that kind of stuff, old school kind of nostalgic style gaming. Um, and then other than that, on the um, on the meta quest, I went ahead and I picked up chapter one of Vader Immortal. Dude, this is Star Wars boner, man. Yeah, we'll just straight up say it. Is that the game where you get to be Vader? No, well, you know, you're fighting. You're like your own character. Oh, okay. And you fight. I don't know. I haven't got that far into it yet. So I don't know if you fight him or what. Right now you're on Mustafar. You're in Vader's castle. You're trying to escape or do something because Vader's troops have captured you. Um, talk about a virtual reality 3D immersive experience. You're climbing up the side of this building and there's lava and Mustafar below you. It's freaky, man. It feels real. Um, oh, weird. <laughs> it literally puts you in the Star Wars universe. It is cool as shit. When you get your lightsaber, dude, that's yeah. where it's instant. I'm telling you, it's instant boner, man is nerdgasm <laughs> it is like like you're swinging a lightsaber around and it feel it feels real you're like holy shit this is this is badass that is um, cool uh if any star wars fan ever gets a chance to play that it's like you've got to fucking check that game out man it is awesome i only bought there's like three chapters i think i only bought the first chapter because um they sent me a like a five dollar off coupon so i got it for like five bucks because each chapter is like ten dollars like you know, badass gotta try this out and uh because i hadn't bought anything on it since I, I got it i had just been playing some of the free games and things like that and i was like mm -hmm. and uh, so I, but uh, as a star wars fan it's like that is a must must fucking have i mean it is just freaking awesome um you know uh other than that played a couple games i did watch um another one piece film what was the name of the one i watched there's so many of them it's hard to remember you know uh but it was good. I mean, I can like again. I can see why One Piece has been going on since 1999. It's highly entertaining. Kids like it. There's mm -hmm. enough. In it, there's enough fan service in it for the kids that have grown up watching, or us adults, you know, girls in bikinis, things like that. But it's not like overly sexual or anything like that. No, it's not still overly. fun and for kids. But mm -hmm. there's stuff for the adult fans to look at too. So if Dad's sitting down watching it, and oh look, Nami's in a bikini. Cool, you know. <laughs> Oh, so it's stuff like that. Oh, it was a strong world. That was the name of the One Piece film. Like strong that. world. Yeah, it's good. It was fun. It's it's a little bit more, more of the more bizarre, crazy ones, but it was still because like there's some really bizarre, off the wall characters in these, in these shows and stuff. And uh, but it's pretty cool. I, I like it. I'm, I've been been kind of enjoying. Uh, you know, I've I've enjoyed getting into some new fandoms lately. You know, there's we've talked about it before. So much out there, you can't keep track of it all. But sometimes by taking the time to go down a new fandom hole, it re, it re, re, revigorates you to, to get excited about things again. Like I know last year you were kind of watching my hero academia and, and sometimes it just re-energizes you. It's like, man, I, it's good to, you know, discover something new. Yeah. It gets you in that mode where you're like, man, I got to keep watching what's, what's coming right. out next. And then you, you're like, Oh, I'm going to watch uh, all these, you know, movies associated with it. Um, yeah I, yeah, I need to I need to see if there are any new uh, episodes that have that have hit. Uh, right, just like roll. 
like I've always been a fan of Godzilla, man, but Godzilla minus one has just really pushed me hardcore into it. I've really enjoyed the last couple months watching a lot of the old Godzilla films, and I'd seen some of them over the years, but not all of them. But I really yeah. enjoy going back and watching them and getting more hardcore. And I plan on being a bigger expert than Long by the time I'm done with this fucking process. <laughs> That's right, Long. I'm challenging you, man. I'm going to have to have a, expert a face game. off again. That's right. Special Godzilla version. That's it. Trivia. Man. I, yeah. will, I will take his ass down, man. <laughs> I will be there. God, I mean, I'm going to be there. Godzilla Kong opening weekend. He'll probably go to like the Wednesday night show or something. I'll wait till Saturday because that's. Oh yeah. So he, he he'll beat me on that, but you know he ain't got kids. Yeah. He can do that during the week. Yeah. He can go to the fan the fan service event. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever kind of service he's given at those events, man, it's up to him. Yeah. This so, is true. But uh, anything you were able to check out this week? Yeah, yeah. Um, I did uh, check out uh, Echo. Uh, came out today. Um, I watched it. I, I feel it came like out a couple days ago. Uh, oh, did it come out a few days ago? I thought day? it was the tenth. Oh, it came out yesterday. Hmm. Just yesterday it came out. Um, I didn't get to catch it yesterday, uh, but I I caught it today, uh, and it's it, it definitely makes you more interested in the Echo character. Um, but I feel like uh, some of the fight scenes are a little lackluster. Um, there's some good action there, but I, you know, there's a fight scene uh, between her and another Marvel character, Marvel superhero, in the beginning, in the first episode, and I, I felt like it could have been better. Um, but um, I think a lot of people are saying that too. But there's definitely some some interest uh, in the character, and and I think I've got like two more episodes left to, to finish it up um, because I just kind of binged half of it today. Um, just woke up and was like, all right, I'm just going to watch this. Um, so we'll see how that ends up. Uh, all the episodes, I, I think all the episodes are released. I don't think it's going to be uh, so, broken yeah. up. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, I did mention last week that I was going to go see the boy and the heron. And I did uh, drove out to the, the Katie Cinemark. Um, and saw it in XD, and uh, it's a pretty nice theater out there, I will say. Uh, the only complaint I have about the theater um, is that I did the whole, you know, have the popcorn and drinks delivered to your seat deal because I was like, you know, it's a little bit of a drive. What if I'm a little late getting out to that area? I uh, didn't want to have to worry about concessions. Um, so I'm like waiting, waiting, waiting. It's past the time. Uh, and, and so I, I'm like, you know, I told my son, my oldest, I was like, Hey, watch your brother. I'm going to go, uh, see what's going on. And, uh, they're like, uh, Oh, it looks like we, you know, we may have accidentally double clicked, like made it look like the order was delivered, but it wasn't. And, uh, I hadn't originally ordered, uh, popcorn. I just got like drinks and I got like a small popcorn for my, my youngest. And, uh, they gave me like two big old tubs of popcorn as a sorry and i was like all right it's like friggin', you know like uh like 20 something dollars worth of popcorn all right not bad and it was good too but that's um, free yeah it's because it was it, it's always better when it's free right <laughs> yeah but but the real story is here i mean the film man i've heard i've heard it's good don't get me wrong it's Miyazaki always makes good but i've heard it's yeah. like uh i heard it's not real super kid accessible like it's a very kind of grown-up story. It is right? a grown like up story. where Miyazaki always does things that appeal to adults, but even 
even Princess Mononoke has elements the kids can relate to and things like that. I heard Howl's this one very, castle. Yeah, I've heard this yeah. is very adult heavy. It is. It is definitely not your Ponyo or my neighbor Totoro uh, kind of thing where it you know can appeal to kids a lot. Uh, it is very much so. You know, it's it it feels a little bit like uh, Grave of the Fireflies um, because it has that aspect of you know being in in the war in wartime um, and dealing with death of a loved one. Um, and, uh, but, but it's not as sad, not nearly as sad as grave of the fireflies. Uh, but you know, it's about saying goodbye and, you know, tying up some, uh, some loose ends and, um, that kind of thing. Um, and it's, uh, I didn't realize Dave Batista was, uh, a voice actor that was cast. I, I heard, I heard a voice and I was like, that's that's Batista. I'm gonna have to look at the credits and and just verify. And I was like, yeah, it's Batista. But yeah, the first half of the movie is pretty mature, like ish. You know, my my oldest son liked it, but I think thirteen, you know, teen the the young teen can definitely enjoy it. But you know, my four year old, I was I was very surprised. Three year old, sorry, uh, my three year old was surprisingly engaged um and it doesn't really get kid friendly until the last half where you get to see all these different you know kid friendly looking characters um and and stuff like that so all right uh, i will say to your point yeah for like half the film uh it's not as kid accessible as miyazaki's other films um but it's good it's i don't think I don't know if it's better than Howl's. Um, I might like it better than Spirited Away. I could, mm. I would definitely, I. It's definitely within the top five of of Miyazaki films for me, even if it is right there at five. Um, I would, you know, I would probably say, um, Howl's, Mononoke, uh, Spirited Away. And uh, I guess you have to put Grave of the Fireflies up there. Uh, and then maybe this one after all, those four. Just kind of spitballing it. But it's still a good film. Um, there's a lot to choose from as far as like masterpieces from Miyazaki. I also uh, remember Miyazaki and direct Grave of the Fireflies. Oh, it, is a, it is a Studio Ghibli film, but he wasn't a director on it. That's right. That's right. You got me there. Uh, but, but yeah, it's, uh, I think it's definitely better than older, uh, Ghibli films like, uh, uh, Nausicaa, Valley of the Wind, Castle in the Sky. Nausicaa I like it better. Burn. Yeah. Hey, but it'd be, it, it would be hard for me to put anything about Spirit Away or Princess Mononoke. Those are just absolute masterpieces. Yeah. You yeah. this one is a, uh, I would say it feels like a slow burn at first. It feels like you're getting a lot of background and uh, personal experience and setup out of the way in in mm. the first half, and it's and it starts building up right there between the second and the third act, and then it's like okay, it's all you know we're running at, at 
you know, a little more than halfway through the film. Uh, so it's like an old Chevy, you know, it takes a little bit to warm up, you know, but once it's there, uh, it's good. Um, yeah, man, I'd say, yeah, top four or five. Um, there's, there's Mm -hmm. definitely a case that three films at least beat it. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna see eventually. I've heard uh, like most of give me films that Max should have the streaming rights when it comes uh, to digital and stuff. So yeah, but you know, with the uh, Japanese films, sometimes it can take uh, six months you know, before that happens. Like yeah, there's still no word at all when Godzilla minus one is ever gonna come to physical or digital. You know, they're still trying to release versions of it. You know, black and white. Black and white version comes out in Japan tomorrow. Um. Yeah, you know, it's it's um first rumor is April now they're saying June, but there's real no word when it's gonna come. But it's gonna come eventually. Eventually. Um, you but you know that happens sometimes. Like this like the film we're talking about today. Um this movie's based um off the super popular anime uh that came out in ninety seven, ninety-eight. And um the director had plans for a film that he wanted to do, like an extra story. Um, and he always viewed the episodes of the show is like two or three little episodes here as little mini films. So he had put the idea for the film kind of aside and, until this show became this huge hit. And uh, he started working on this movie. And in fact, the movie got released in Japan the day that the dubbed version of Cowboy Bebop hit television in America it was the same day the movie came out in Japan. And uh, like a lot of stuff, this took a couple of years before it came out in American theaters. Cause the movie I think was a, uh, 99 or 2000 japan it was in 2001 before it even hit american audiences mm-hmm. um but that is cowboy bebop the movie also known as a uh, knocking on heaven's door which uh, was the title it was given in japan but in america there was some controversy over that due to the uh, bob dylan song and the copyrights and everything even though they're not even related it was pure coincidence yeah <laughs> um but they just called it cowboy bebop the movie in america and um if you're not familiar with Cowboy Bebop, it's arguably one of the most popular and and greatest anime television series ever made. And um, so it was natural that a movie would spin off from it. And you might have heard of it in the last couple of years with the failed live action version that came onto Netflix, which I liked, even though it wasn't able to survive. Um, and this is uh, probably one of my favorite anime series of all time. I absolutely love Cowboy Bebop. And and the great thing about the movie is, and I read the director was so smart about it, is that he made the film on purpose that it was accessible to people who had never seen the show before, but yet there's enough in it for the people that did follow the show to love what was going on. Yeah. Um, which I think is uh, really great. And because um, you can watch this film and, and not have seen the show. And I think you can find, you can pick up what's happening and you can get the idea who the Bebop crew is, that they're a group of bounty hunters and, they get along, but yet they don't really always get along. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and, and it's and it's crazy how much watching this, how much you can tell Josh Whedon with Serenity was influenced by this. Um, one thing I love about Cowboy Bebop is, uh, before we get into what the movie is, it's just the absolute the world it's in. It's it's a world that I love, and I've said this before on the show. I love science fiction that purely exists without over explaining it. 
you get information about what's going on through the background of the characters. Like if you watch Cowboy Bebop, we know the Earth is pretty much inhabitable. A lot of people are mm-hmm. living on Mars and other outlying places and things like that, outposts throughout the area. Um, but most of the action does take place within the Mars Earth area, and there's different outposts and things like that with throughout the show. Um, obviously, space travel is available, and and there's bounty hunters and, and trying to keep the world safe and things like that. And Cowboy Bebop's world is what it is, and it's an amazing world, and that's what's so cool about it. Um, and, and the show and the movie oozes with coolness throughout the use of jazz music and musical themes to, for each episode. Mm-hmm. Um, Spike is one of the coolest fucking animated characters ever created. He's just a, a badass, you know, and, and a, just a cool cat. Um, you know, Jet is his conscious who kind of tries to keep Spike in place, even if Spike doesn't listen to him, which infuriates yeah. Jet to no room, to you know, to no end. Um, then there's Faye, who uh, sort of tags along with the crew, and they never really get along with her great, but they allow her to be around because they do find her uses because she's <coughs> resourceful and was able to help them with their bounties. And then there's Ed, who is a little hacker girl who just sort of shows up on ship too. And also again is there for her resourcefulness. And, and I think Ed is hilarious. One thing I love about the Cowboy Bebop, the movie is it's really funny in parts, even though it's a lot of serious business going on. Um, and have you, for you, Matt, this was your first time to ever have seen the animated film. I want to say I've seen it before, but I can't remember when it looks really, really familiar. I mean, it's been around. It used to be more accessible. It would show on late night adult swim. The film would. Yeah. Um, there was a DVD release. It was real accessible. Then it finally had a Blu-ray Blu-ray release in 2011, but the Blu-ray is extremely difficult to find. There has been Blu-ray releases since then, like region two and stuff, which I actually have an imported version because you can't um, get an American version on Blu-ray anymore. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's strange because the TV show is streaming everywhere, but the movie's not. And Tubi strangely had rights to the movie right now. And it's been airing on Tubi. Which is really odd because it's not on Crunchyroll or anything like that, where the TV show is everywhere. So maybe with the popularity of the the live action show and the and the comeback with the animated version being everywhere, maybe the movie will become accessible on Crunchyroll soon enough. Hopefully. Um, but basically, this this film starts out with a terrorist attack, um, right around Halloween, and uh, by this this guy who. Uh, well, I want you to summarize the movie because yeah, yeah, my yeah. brain is kind of far. This is the first time. Yeah, it's okay. It. Yeah, so uh, it starts out. Um, you know, we do have that, but before that, we get introduced into a scenario with Jet. Oh and yeah, Spike, and and they're gonna go take out a few guys that have taken over a convenience store, and they're gonna bring them in, collect a bounty on them. Uh, it's a little fun introduction scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doesn't doesn't really go anywhere, but it does uh, introduce the. Uh, you know, the relationship that kind of Jet and Spike have. Jet, uh, you know, he's calm and collected. He shoots a guy who has a hostage. And, you know, Jet was like, oh, come on, man. You know, <laughs> well, you could have you shot somebody. And he's like, well, you didn't tell me, uh, you know, that there was another guy. And he's like, well, you know, disinformation is sometimes uh, uh, beneficial to both, uh, you know, allies and adversaries and and so yeah it was pretty funny to watch him try and backpedal but uh then we get introduced to the main antagonist which is vincent um and we learn that he's been injected with a a some type of nanotechnology uh supposed to help 
cells fight infection and uh, battle scarring or battle wounds and that and stuff of that nature. I took it as a superhero serum um, of this universe, but it turned them crazy, kind of like a uh, abomination, right. you know, in uh, in the Hulk, the Incredible Hulk that we got. Um, so he's uh, hell bent on releasing this virus uh, and causing people all kinds of pain and death and suffering. And Faye runs into him at the beginning. Um, she's kind of going off on her own. And the movie kind of takes place uh, in the middle of season, uh, this, the 1998 season, uh, episodes 22 and 23, uh, where the Bebop crew is kind of going in their own directions. Uh, so they re group and uh, this man's bounty is instantly put on for like 300 million dollars and which catches their attention so now uh they all try and track him down um spike goes undercover at a pharmaceutical company as a janitor kind of gets mixed in with the law over there so now the law is chasing him while he's trying to find this vincent guy Faye and ed is are trying to uh find him via the cards he's using so they get a find a lead. Um, eventually, they come face to face with this guy, and uh, he is a badass. Spike, you know, goes toe to toe with him, and the same moves that took out the henchman at the beginning, they didn't affect the uh, Vincent as much. And you find that uh, he finds it out the hard way. Mm. Um, he gets shot, uh, he dies, and he comes back up. And we're we're introduced to Vincent's inner struggle. At that at that point, um, you know, finding where he belongs, and and Faye kind of has the same uh, same deal going on. Uh, she runs into Vincent, and Vincent saves her, I guess, because she's you know put together, I guess, kind of nice. And we get a little a scene where he like cuts open her brazier, and uh, I'm just like, whoa, I, I I don't remember this part. I remember I don't remember <laughs> this being a part of Cowboy Bebop, uh, but. Um, he uh, he is planning a uh, uh, he is he is planning to um, basically poison uh, everybody. Everybody and it, on Mars, it, yeah. yeah. And it's a race to and a pretty badass race. The that jet scene is is pretty awesome. Uh, watching watching Spike uh, track down Vincent, um, it's uh, it's pretty cool watching that. You could watch that just for that scene. Um, but uh, they end up winning, not the way you'd think. Uh, you know, Vincent kind of just lets himself go in the end uh, because yeah. he wants to, uh, you know, I think maybe for one second, he recollects who he really is on the inside after seeing his, his former partner. Um, yeah. And uh the crew, I think the crew, it's it, it's basically given that they go their own way after that at the end, um, just like in the in the series, how it ends. Um, kind of, even though this there is a couple episodes after this movie takes place between like episodes twenty two and twenty three. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, first off, about the action scenes, and that's the first thing the director did was he wanted this to feel like a live action anime. He wanted it to be a little different than the show. The show yeah. 
is quicker, more fast-paced action film scenes. And he wanted this to feel, he purposely did that. He tried to use animation angles to make it look like live action um, and, and longer, more epic action scenes than the TV show. And that's why the movie, in a way, has a slightly different feel than the TV show, even down to the music. Instead of really snippy, quick jazz, he's more of it's a slow jazz. jazzy orchestral slow jazz in this. Yeah. Um, and it was all done with a lot of thought and purpose in mind to separate it from the animated series, but yet still be very familiar. And I, and it works brilliantly. I mean, I I mean, first off, let's just say this is a really good fucking movie. I mean, it's not just a good anime. It's not just a good cartoon movie. It's a good film with a really good story. Um, yeah. And sure, terrorist attack stories have been done before, but there's there's a lot of deep meaning to this. I mean, for the first time, if you're a fan of the show, that's what there's things in this that as a fan of the show, you get to see, you see Spike scared. Spike is so sure of himself and almost the time. And he's, he has a fear in this that you don't really see before. Um, same with Faye. She's usually pretty sure of herself and she has a fear in her. Um, you know, you realize that deep down Jet does care for Spike because he doesn't want anything to happen to him. Yeah. Um, you know, so you get moments like that that give this a deeper meaning to make it a really good film that's about the, you, you, you kind of care about the characters and the, and the crew in this. Um, you know, and then Spike, I think, or not Spike, Vincent is a really interesting villain. It's uh, it's so easy in an animated film to make a villain kind of cookie cutter. But Vincent, man, has some deep psychological stuff going on. And when he learns that Electra is still alive and he runs into her, it's like you said, it might, might maybe checks his conscience and when he sees Electra. And maybe that's why he kind of, at the end of the film, realizes, you know, hey, there's people that are worth, they need to live, you know. Um, and maybe it made Vincent think a little differently. And it's kind of left to the viewer's interpretation as to why uh, Vincent does what he does at the end of the film. Um, but I do think a lot of that stems from him seeing Electra. It, it made him think a little bit differently because Electra was somebody he actually did care about. Because at first, Vincent made it sound like there was no one left in this world that he cared about. But then he sees her and it's like, oh, okay. And it kind of changes things. Um, and that's what I find really – it's it's an action-packed um, – fun animated film but it's also got pretty serious stuff in it too as far as characters and what they what's going through their heads and that's yeah, whenever why Spike's healing. is so great yeah yeah, yeah. and it, the uh the two uh native uh men that are that are healing him um mm -hmm. ask him you know what he saw when he peeked into the river of death and uh he said i saw the first time that i was scared yeah and that's what yeah. he felt and uh you know, he gets a little personal, um, just like Jet does. And you, you kind of see Jet's, uh, you know, desire to keep everybody together. Um, and, uh, his, his care for his caring for Spike. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's got some personal stuff in there as far as mm -hmm. like the development of these characters and what they're going through mentally. Uh, and then, uh, the action, uh, the action is, is like you said, filmed like a movie. Uh, you see different angles of spike kicking, just like you would see in a, in a cool martial arts film. It's not, you know, filmed like some of these other anime movies, like, uh, like ghost in the shell. It's pretty ghost. In the shell is pretty straightforward. Um, yeah. or dragon ball Z, you know, it's, uh, it's different. And, uh, it sets itself aside as, as probably one of the best, action anime movies uh of that era you know being alongside akira ghost in the shell 
um, in that nineties conversation. Yeah. And it's crazy. Cause you know, this came out, it was, it did have an American theatrical release like in 2002 uh, between its Japan release and its American release, it only made about $3 million, which is still a lot because back in 2001, 2002, anime and theaters was still pretty niche. You know, Spirited yeah. Away hadn't quite hit yet because I think it was the next year when it hit or maybe even 2003 or four. Um, so things were still kind of – and then it had a re-release in like 2012, I think it was, with like a two-night thing in theaters. And it made like almost another million bucks for those two nights. It did really well wow. in its re-release. Um, so – so you know, it definitely had a following, you know, for sure. And it, and uh, and but it, there's some really other great things into this movie too. Like uh, in the TV show, they they never have anything to eat, despite these bounties they do, and they make money. And there's always yeah. a running gag about how they have no food. And this Spike is like, I'm so tired of noodles. It's all we have is noodles. And Jet's like, Well, we have different flavored noodles. We have this guy noodle, this guy noodle, and <laughs> uh, and that's always been a running gag in the show. Like they never have food, even though they. Mm-hmm. And Faye, I think, even says it in the show before, like, well, what happens? Well, we do all these bounties, and but then it seems they're always having to repair the ship or something else. Uh huh. That's so that's how it always is. Repairs to the ship. She opens up the fridge, and she's always like, oh, you know, there's nothing <laughs> in here. Yeah. Um. <laughs> and just you know, it's and that's what made Cowboy Bebop work so well as an animated series. It's like, uh, it's really good characters. Uh, you know that. Uh, that you get to know through through animation and and uh and, and then it extends into this film version of it and um it, it's such a cool movie and, and a really well done film and the tv show is one of my favorite animes of all time i mean if you've never watched cowboy bebop and i mean take the time to sit down on netflix and watch some episodes and i think you'll be pleasantly surprised how good it is and just how well done it is um i do like the fact too that the movie stays away from the bad guy vicious because he's the main bad guy of the show, but I'm glad they chose to use a different villain in the, in the movie than use vicious in this. I think that made it work well. Um, I can't recall if vicious was dead at this point in the movie or not. If, if he had died in the TV show or not, I'd have to go back and check. So I yeah. could have my facts wrong on that a little bit, but, um, but man, I, um, I really like, like uh, Cowboy Bebop is one of my favorite of all times. And I really enjoy the film too. It's probably the, third or fourth time maybe i've seen the movie but i hadn't watched it in quite a while so it felt like watching it for the first time again this week because it's one of those i like so much that i don't want to overwatch it you know um yeah it's such a good animated film you don't want to get too complacent with it and stuff like that yeah it's funny because like you know i can watch transformers the animated movie and disney stuff all the time but i think with with really great anime films there's so far and few between that you really kind of take your time just to enjoy them when you do discover ones that are really good. You yeah. Know? And like, like, so if you watch something like a cure or ghost in the shell and you watch it every few years, you appreciate it more. Um, Cause they are a little bit more adult sometimes, a little more complex anime are compared to American animated films. And uh, you know, but a uh, cowboy bebop man, just a solid, solid film. Cowboy bebop, the movie, let's be official. Yeah. The movie it's, it's, it is different than the animated TV series. And, uh, Groundbreaking, one of the class, biggest class, highly influential. I mean, uh, even today, so audiences are still being influenced by Cowboy Bebop and animes today. Yeah, I mean, uh, man, I, I remember this was something all, everyone would talk about. Uh, it's uh, it's an anime that rivaled the best. Um, I would say I wouldn't say best, but most popular at that time. 
Um, cause you know, a lot of people have, you know, some certain, you know, opinions about Dragon Ball Z. <clears throat> Sorry. And, uh, I view it as, you know, best is subjective because especially when it comes to anime, like I prefer something that's 25 to 30 episodes, tells a complete story. It can be really solid, like Evangel like Neon Genesis Evangelion or Cowboy Bebop. That's why I like both of those a lot because they, they tell a short story, have a few movie spinoffs, so you're good. But I also get the appeal of something like One Piece and Dragon Ball that's you know several hundred episodes, One Piece is a thousand episodes. And that's cool too, you know, but, but I think I would prefer something that's a little bit smaller, you know, and that doesn't mean Dragon Ball and Cowboy Bebop or One Piece isn't great too, but I just personally would prefer something that's a little bit shorter, you know? Yeah. Well, what I liked about Cowboy Bebop is that it, it was more similar to Yu Yu Hakusho. It was fast action. Uh, a lot of the times the conflict or the mission was, you know, concluded in that episode or over the span of two, maybe three um, versus like, you know, Dragon Ball Z where a fight may have taken like 10 episodes or more. Right. I mean, the fight between Goku and Frieza is three and a half hours. If you watch right. it from beginning to end, it's the longest yeah. fight in anime history. I'm amazed you haven't watched the live action Yu Yu Hakusho yet. I know I need, I need to get on it. I, I really, really liked Yu Yu Hakusho. It's uh, maybe tomorrow been, I'll start it. It's reviews have been yeah, okay, but yeah. I'm just surprised you haven't watched it yet. That's that's the I guess that maybe that's why, um, you know, is because I just haven't seen a whole lot of buzz about it. So I'm like, yeah, I don't want to be disappointed, uh, and you know, have something put a sour taste in your mouth that you've had a positive outlook on for <laughs> for most of your life. Like, you know, like if a if a sucky Arnold movie came out. I was like, yeah, I don't know if I want to watch it. You know, uh, that has happened. Yeah. It, it has <laughs> happened a lot. <laughs> and you know what? It'll happen again. I'm sure. <laughs> All right. Well, Cowboy Bebop the movie, man. Good stuff. Um, yeah. It's that time, man. We ne Next week, we are going to bring back our uh, the top five once a month. But before we get to the next week in the top five, uh, let's do uh, January this month in pop culture history. Yeah. Yeah. So, not a whole lot happens in January. We said it's the worst stuff. fucking month. Yeah. It really is. Uh, but in, uh, in 1990 of January, Sting joins the four horsemen, Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, and uh, Ole Anderson. So mention some wrestling there because it's Long's birthday month. And uh, we got to mention wrestling every once in a while. Fair enough. Uh, in 2020. Not long ago, uh, once upon a time in Hollywood, won at the Golden Globes, um, actually for best comedy slash musical, which is weird. The Golden uh, Globes are weird. They have weird categories. Yeah, they just uh, happened. Seventeen also weekend. won. Yeah, and I think uh, Robert Downey Jr. won best supporting actor for. Yeah, Oscar. yeah, they get some stuff right. Sometimes, yeah. Well, the Golden Globes is like Hollywood foreign press. I think vote on those awards. It's yeah. I, I don't. I don't know. They, uh, they're kind of different. Um, every once in a while, you find a, a weird uh, fact. So in, I guess in 2023, there's a, uh, a show on PBS where actors find their roots. And Edward Norton uh, is related to Pocahontas. She is his 12th great-grandmother, which I thought that was 
weird. I'm weird. like, wow, <laughs> he's related to Pocahontas. I would have never made that connection. Never. Yeah. I mean, yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> 12th great grandmother. Like that's just, yeah. Like, weird. I don't know. That's like, yeah. I, I can't even contemplate that. This is, yeah. For, I, I, he doesn't look like he has any, like Indian, most huh? people don't even know their first great grandmother, let alone her 12th. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. For, for sure, man. <laughs> that's, that's like, I didn't know my, my second great grandmother. That's, that's yeah. for sure. Um, in 2009, uh, Dakota Fanning was labeled a rising star and, uh, received that award at the 20th annual Palm Springs International Film Festival. We just mentioned another uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, we also did Coraline um, this past year. And uh, she's, uh, you know, I, I don't know what she's going to do, what she's done recently, but um, I feel like she's uh, she's made some good films. And I felt like I mentioned stuff. Dakota. She's Film. all grown up now. Yeah. She's not the same person from Push or uh, with Chris Evans. Um, or those other films that she was in. I mean, sometimes you remember the most weirdest fucking movie. Yeah. She was, in, a, the equal, yeah. She was in the Equalizer 3. Equalizer? Th oh, yeah. Yeah, she was. Mm. I think I remember seeing her in the trailer. Um, 2016, this month, Star Wars The Force Awakens breaks the North American box office record, passing the 760.5 million taken by Avatar. Still the number one movie domestically of That's all right. time. And, you know, what, <laughs> there's been a lot of talk about Star Wars and whether you like the sequels or not and get rid of Kathleen Kennedy. And people need to stop that. Whether you like the sequels or not, they made almost $4 billion between the three of them total. This is they true. made a lot of money. Kathleen Kennedy has done nothing but make Lucasfilm money since Rares of Lost Art back in 81 when she was a producer. She's not going anywhere, people, so she retires and Filoni takes over. And yeah. uh, we completely dropped the ball and forgot to mention that Mandalorian Grogu movie is coming. There we go. And Ahsoka Season 2. They are official. Ooh, we should have mentioned those at the beginning of the show, but we just yep. forgot. Caveat. We, sure. we got it in here. <laughs> Uh, I will say, man, this year Universal beat out Disney oh, as yeah. far as revenue. Um, so it's it's definitely a black eye a little bit. Um, but it, unless that keeps happening, Disney will be back. Yeah, maybe sure. not this year because they only have one Marvel film coming out, but they'll be back. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna happen. Uh, so this month, 1966, Batman starring Adam West, Burt Ward. Uh, and Cesar Romero as the Joker uh, debuts on ABC. Um, and of course, we all know how that went. Well, um, one, of the, one of the greatest t versions and TV shows of Batman of all time. You know, maybe it's not dark and moody, but it's fun and engaging and um, colorful. And just it gave us all those characters of life on the big screen and made a lot of us Batman fans. I, uh, I have a funny story. Um, Regarding this, my uh, I have a certain family member that is a police officer, and he pulled a guy over that had a Joker tattoo, three Jokers, back to back to back. Um, had Heath Ledger, uh, had uh, um, crap, uh, 
the recent one. Um, I can't think of his name right now. Um, Singer, 30, 30 seconds. Jared Leto. Jared Leto. Sorry. And, uh, and, and of course, uh, Jack Nicholson. And so he's like, Oh, he's like, you got Joker on your arm. He's like, well, uh, yeah. And he's like, well, wh- why don't you have all of them? And he's, he goes, well, wh- what do you mean? Jack Nicholson was the first one. And he's like, no, he wasn't there. Cesar Romero was the first one. And he's like, yeah, step out of the car. So <laughs> I was like, yes. Yeah. Why the fuck would you put Jared Leto on your arm? Jeez. He's like, yeah, this, this doesn't smell right. This, this guy doesn't know who Cesar Romero is. Better <laughs> make him walk a line. <laughs> That's funny. So uh, that, that made me laugh. And I was like, I saw this. I was like, this, this is a good caveat into that. <laughs> um, so bravo doing, doing, uh, us nerds, uh, you know, uh, and pop culture enthusiast, uh, uh due, due diligence. Um, so 1964, uh, Dr. Strangelove released, uh, directed by the always uh, intriguing Stanley Kubrick, starring Peter Sellers and George C. Scott. It's very, very odd film. Not my bag, baby. Not my bag. Not no, my I've bag. No, I've never been a big Kubrick fan. Yeah, he's all right. Got a couple. You know, there's a couple yeah. in that bag, but Strangelove, I don't think, is it for me. No. Uh, 1997. This one's for long too. Final Fantasy VII is released by Square and Sony Computer Entertainment to PlayStation. Sepperhoth. Yep, all-time classic, man. And now the remake is coming. I think the second one for the second part of the remake is coming this year. Yeah. Um, or remake slash reimagining, I guess you could call it. But uh. Man, that um that blue PlayStation sells through the roof. I mean, in some ways, Final Fantasy VII might be responsible for making PlayStation the system it became. <laughs> yeah, I mean, man. it was such a huge hit for them. And then they followed it up a year later with Metal Gear Solid. I mean, just two major hits in a row on PlayStation One that really turned things around for that Sony as a video game company. Yeah, I, w- I want to say that's that is to Sony as Halo is to xbox probably yeah fair to say but but i think that's a that is fair but it's also a little different because at the time sony was yeah was microsoft was was a computer company they weren't really into video games yet where sony had been into video games for a few years before that they had genesis and uh well no not genesis that was sega but they had you know they just hadn't they were they had a system out they were trying to compete with nintendo and sega but it wasn't really successful yeah, the Final Fantasy really just put them over the edge with that game. It really just made them very successful. So, where where Microsoft, when they came out with the Xbox, they introduced Halo as their big launch thing. So it was a little bit different. They weren't trying to save their system. Where Final Fantasy really kind of saved Sony from that's true video game purgatory. And in some ways, without Final Fantasy VII, we might not have PlayStation as we have it today. You never know. Just like Freddy Krueger saved New Line Cinema. <laughs> Um, so finally, we're talking about animation uh, today. And in 1999, Seth MacFarlane's Family Guy first aired on Fox TV. And still going. It's still later. going, man. And it's still, I, I don't watch the episodes, but I like the, uh, the highlight clips that I get to see. And uh, I, like, I like all the stuff that they've done, even reenacting the Leroy Jenkins thing. Uh, that, was, that was pretty funny. Um, 
There's one yeah, of those shows. Count on Family Guy to entertain you. There's one of those shows you kind of wonder how it survived this long. You know, like Simpsons, you can kind of get why it survived this long, but Family Guy, you're kind of like, how did this survive this long? And King of the Hill didn't. Now I know they're supposed to be bringing back King of the Hills or revival. Yeah. But I'm like, it's just weird. You know. So I don't yeah. know. You ever call random people and try and talk to them as Hank Hill? No, man. That's like, you. Like, tell me you like propane. Oh yeah. Propane. No man. <laughs> I can't wait to see if, if there's more uh Hank Hill to come. Um, because he's definitely an interesting character. Sure. Yeah. That's it for pop culture. That's it. That's All it, right. baby. Good good shit, man. Thanks. All right. Well, again, next week we're gonna bring back the, we used to do a top five every week, and starting next week, we're going to do it once a month this year. So next week, we'll have our first top five of 2024. And uh, we're not going to say what it is yet, but we'll have it. Um, before we get to next week, though, let's preview next week's film. Um, this is a movie that came out in 2010 and uh, kind of went under the, a bit under the radar. And I remember watching this several years ago. I even own it on Blu-ray, and it's on Netflix right now. And I started kind of watching it again. I, and I remember, like, man, this is really good. I forgot how, how really solidly well done it is. Um, so I thought it would be a good idea on the po- to do it on the podcast since it's on Netflix right now. And uh, it is called The Man From Nowhere. you've never seen this film so this will be a first time no. watch for you and i think you'll yeah. enjoy it it's essentially a story of a of a guy he's a pawn shop owner and uh, he he's this little girl kind of comes and visits him and her mom is a, is a druggie and has issues and she gets into some trouble and the girl gets kidnapped so he basically goes after the people that kidnapped her and, and he unleashes some holy hell on them to get the girl back and uh so it's it's a really solid solid action revenge film, really well done. And I, I just randomly started rewatching this week, going, "Man, I forgot about this film. I even own it." And um, you know, but but it's good stuff, man. It's on Netflix right now, and I think you'll enjoy watching it. 
and uh, it fits in as a, a good follow-up after doing an anime film to do a, a foreign language action film. I think it just they kind of go together. Um, yeah. And so I think it'll be a, it'll be a fun watch next week. Again, it's called The Man from Nowhere, and it's on Netflix right now. And I think uh, if people want to watch along with us, watch a good action film, they'll enjoy it. I mean, this is a and this, you know you talked about John Wick clones and stuff earlier. This came out way before even John Wick. You know, <laughs> I mean, oh, wow. and it's uh, that kind of same stylized idea of thriller. You know of that. And it's also got some weird dark humor in it. Like, uh, like you know, in, the, in the, this time when Infernal Affairs came out, you know, which The Departed is based on, you know, they, mm-hmm. there was always some kind of dark humor in some of those Asian action films. And th- this is no different. Like, sometimes the bad guys will say some stuff that's intended to be funny. And uh, The Man from Nowhere is kind of like that. So you're like, oh, do I laugh at this? Or is this, like, serious? You know, so it's got <laughs> some moments like that in it. But, uh, but it's good stuff. So I'll be next week on the show. Um, until then, again, yeah, I mean, the word real quick because I know we're running. Um, I think the Mandalorian Grogu is a good idea, but I hope they don't keep that as the title. The Mandalorian and Grogu, it sounds kind of it's a bit wordy, but uh, yeah, I think it's a good idea, you know, to move on from going to do in a season four to do a movie at this point. It is going to be theatrical, it's not a Disney Plus movie. So, oh, wow, yeah, I think that's I cool. take it to go to the movie. And then Ahsoka season two, I think we're not surprised that's coming because they left way too much open to not have a season two of that. So I think yeah. they knew it was coming. Um, but yeah, until next time, the RoboRadioPodcast.com for all your Robo Radio needs, all the links to all our uh, application you can find us on. And we thank you as always for listening. This has been Mark. This has been Matt. Until next time, remember, as always, just go there and do it. Just go there and do it. Just go there and do it.